WABC New York and 1071 WLIR Hampton Bays. It's the 77 WABC News Hour. Talking the news with Noah Layden. All the news you need to know with Joe Nolan, Traffic, Justin Ellick, Sports. And now, talking the news with Noah on 77 WABC. Yep, that's me, 5 o'clock. Good morning. It is Wednesday, June 21st. Your forecast from the Ramsey Mazda Weather Center. Mostly cloudy today, high 72. Tonight, overnight, the showers come in, low 60, and then Thursday, rain most of the day, high 66. If you are walking out the door with us right now, 59, cloudy in Huntington out on Long Island, 66 and cloudy down in Wildwood, Jersey Shore in New Jersey, and it's 61 and cloudy here in Midtown. So much to get to as we work our way up, 6 o'clock hour, Sid and friends in the morning. Last night as I was getting into bed, sometimes I'll turn on the tube find something really boring to watch that'll knock me out within seconds and last night it was america's got talent which i i don't think i've ever seen or if i have maybe once or twice before it's one of these talent shows where people get up and there's these judges and they pick uh, the talent so anyway uh do you remember maureen langan she used to pop up on wabc all the time as a fill-in talk show host at one point they had paired me and her together. This was years ago as a tryout, and it didn't work out. I'm sure it was me that dragged her down. But anyway, she's a comedian, very funny one. So I'm watching America's Got Talent, and all of a sudden I think I hear them say her name, and sure enough, there she is. Maureen Langan walks out on stage. She's from a Lake Hiawatha, New Jersey, a local girl. I am a stand-up comedian. What got you in the comedy? Well, I say a gift from God, but really, um, it's, it's you, you grew up in a big Irish Catholic family with five siblings. You're always taking the crap out of each other, and it's just part of a natural wit. So now I was awake. I had to see her routine. I'm not going to play the whole thing here, but just a couple seconds of what she did. She was great last night. She killed it. You know what I want? This is what I want. I want a guy around 86 years old. Well, I am the hottest thing between him and death. He can't believe he got me because he knows he'll never get anyone better to the day he dies. <laughs> and he's not looking over his shoulder for somebody younger and hotter. You know why? He has arthritis in his neck. He can't move his neck. <laughs> and he sees none of my flaws. He sees no cellulite, belly fat, varicose veins. Why? Cataracts. So now I had to stay up to see if she, I guess you get voted to the next round and then you make money. I, you know, I don't know all the details, but it's a talent show. If you win, you get something. So uh, Howie Mandel, the big judge, Simon, the other one. And yeah, they, they moved her on to the next you round. Know, you have a voice where we can hear you and we can hear your rhythm and we can hear your attitude and we love it and we connect with it. I think people not only are going to love you, they will imitate you, they'll want to see you. You have catchphrases. Yeah, you get the idea. So Maureen Langan, how cool is that, that she was on America's Got Talent last night? All right, let's get into the headlines. The top five at five. Some promising news about that missing submarine. Did Hunter Biden get off too easy? It looks like I-95 in Philly may reopen really soon. Tonight's a big night for New Yorkers in rent-stabilized apartments. 
and a local graduation prank gone too far in Westchester. All right, let's get into it. 504, we'll start with some, a bit of promising news, and I may say a small bit, a Canadian airplane aiding in the search for that missing Titanic-bound sub detected banging about every 30 minutes in the area where the vessel lost radio contact with its surface ship. Details of the potential signs of life aboard the Ocean Gate Expedition sub, this small thing about the size of a van. They just don't know where it is. It's been missing since Sunday, an hour and a half into their trip. They lost radio contact with them. Uh, this information coming to Rolling Stone magazine, they got hold of these emails that are going back and forth between Ocean Gate, uh, the Canadian Maritime Surveillance Group that's patrolling the waters looking for it. So they think this is a sign that um, the tapping sounds, which were detected about two in the morning, implying that crew may be alive and signaling to anybody up on shore who may be looking for them. The uh, New York Air National Guard assisting in this search, by the way, this rescue operation, the uh, Air National Guard's 106th Rescue Wing, which is based out in West Hampton Beach, launching uh, a search yesterday. Here's what they had to say. We didn't have a lot of illumination. Um, It was very, very difficult last night uh, to conduct the search. We did it to the best of our ability, and we stayed there for about three and a half hours. Um, At that point, we were running low on gas, so we had to return back home. So there were 13 airmen aboard this, including a team of para-rescue jumpers. The aircraft flew about 900 miles out into the Atlantic, searched a designated area using uh, infrared radar, uh, onboard observers. But this is all difficult stuff because the weather has not been fantastic. I can say from my experience, it's the first time I've been requested to look for a, a submarine. Um, so... For us, that is definitely a challenge because even if it does service, it'll give a, a, a small amount of it visible above the surface itself. Uh, and so that's going to add to the challenge because even on a, a great day with someone in bright colors waving at you, it can be difficult to even see it from an aircraft. Yeah, so they also brought out this vessel yesterday. They got it to the scene. They can go into deeper water, and they're hoping that will help with this as well. Uh, Ocean's Gates expeditions to the Titanic wreck, that's where they were going, included archaeologists, a marine biologist, uh, a 16-year-old kid. People pay $250,000 a piece to be part of this mission. Uh, here's a friend of one of the people on board, a billionaire from the UK. If they're alive in the sub and that could be done in the next day or two, well, then, you know, we could have a happy outcome to this thing, which from the outset, was very, very worrying. Yeah, so the banging is good news. Now, of course, so many questions. Uh, first, they got to find this in a wide, gigantic area. And then if they do, how do they bring it to the shore? And with oxygen running low. We'll get into more of this story. If you're just tuning in, we've been getting news overnight about this sub that went missing Sunday as it was going to make its way to the Titanic wreck, the size of maybe a van. Think it's not a huge, huge sub. And, um, there were, they heard some knocking about every 30 minutes. They're hearing knocking, which they think, they think may signal that there's somebody inside the sub that's doing that to alert people up above. Uh, the Defense Department, it's been part of this uh, search uh, here looking for the sub. The Navy has been in touch with the Coast Guard and um, is working to provide 
personnel, such as subject matter experts, and um, assets as quickly as possible. At the helm of the sub is the president and founder of Ocean Gate Expeditions. His name is Stockton Rush. He's talked about taking this sub into the water before. We've done 18 and 19 major expeditions. We've dove in the Gulf of Mexico, the Bahamas, Alcatraz Island in San Francisco, the east coast of the U.S. We have three different submersibles, so we can take them anywhere. It just turns out that where people want to go is the Titanic. Yeah, so he's in the submersible uh, as we speak. Aboard it also is British billionaire Hamish Harding, a Pakistani energy and tech mogul, along with his son, a famed French diver, each paying $250,000 to go down to the Titanic wreck. Most people think there's nothing there. It's all dark and that there was nothing alive. I find amazing is every time you go down, you can look in the viewport and see some of the weirdest creatures you've ever seen go by. All our dives have a research component to them, so we can take these clients who pay to, to participate in the mission, and they can go deep underwater or maybe just a couple hundred feet and help archaeologists and biologists do research. Former Navy submarine Captain Brad McDonald says the search for this submersible is sadly reminiscent of past searches. Most submarine uh, problems, most submarines that go missing, very few of these stories end well. Yes, yeah, so we're keeping our fingers crossed. Again, uh, this knocking being heard about every 30 minutes. This was on Tuesday. We just got the news this morning. And hopefully, maybe that can help them guide these people looking for them in their direction and they can get them before the oxygen runs out, which is expected to be tomorrow. Right Today, Wednesday, they said they had enough oxygen until uh, Thursday. 512, Hunter Biden striking a deal with federal prosecutors to plead guilty to two tax misdemeanors and to resolve a felony gun charge. As part of the agreement, the Justice Department has agreed to recommend a sentence of probation. Uh, Reporters trying to ask his dad, President Biden, about this yesterday as he was on his way to a press conference. This is all the president would say. I'm very proud of my son. That was it. That's all the president shouted in response to questions from reporters. House Speaker Kevin McCarthy calling Hunter Biden's plea deal a sweetheart deal. If you compare this to other individuals in America that have these same accusations against them, the same crimes that they had been guilty of, that they were proposed to have 10 years, another time period, I think that's a difference in justice. The Republican telling reporters the plea deal shows there's a two-tiered system of justice in the U.S. People have said that they had to pay the president's family money for favors. Money has come from foreign entities into shell companies, moved to other shell companies by the president, and paid members of his family all the way down to grandchildren as well. McCarthy talking about some of the investigations they're doing into the Biden family there. 513, former President Donald Trump's classified documents trial could begin as early as this summer. In order to comply with speedy trial requests, Trump appointed judge Aileen Cannon has ordered the former president to stand trial as early as August 14th in Fort Pierce, where she serves. Until there is a continuance that the judge finds meets the needs of justice, 
This case has to be tried within 75 days of the arraignment. So former state and federal prosecutor Richard Weinstein there anticipates the Trump team will ask for a delay to prepare for the case, and the government attorneys will likely appeal pretrial motions to go against them. The speedy trial clock is ticking. Judges set cases for trial. So Weinstein and a lot of other experts doubt this will actually go in front of a jury this summer. The defense is going to move to continue because their best bet is to delay this process down the road. The other thing that's going to complicate factors is that the defense team needs to have security clearance to review the classified documents. So this Fort Pierce courthouse, you'll remember the president uh, answered the charges of 37 count indictment in a Miami federal courthouse where he said not guilty. Uh, This will take place uh, not too far away, but this Fort Pierce courthouse, which apparently is capable of handling a case of this magnitude. This again, of course, to this former state and federal prosecutor, Richard Weinstein. The question is, will the city and town of Fort Pierce be ready to handle the influx of people coming in to watch this monumental trial. So the uh, mayor there, some local lawmakers there, uh, see that there's some profit in having the case there. It'll fill up some hotel rooms, uh, the restaurants too. They say they can handle this if it does come to Fort Pierce. Not clear if it's going to happen this summer, but they say no matter when, they will be ready for it. All right, 515. Let's head over to the 77 WABC Sports Desk. Good morning. Happy Wednesday, Justin Ellick. Happy Wednesday, Noam Layden. It is hump day. We begin with the Yanks, our winners from last night. Garrett Cole did his job for those Yanks in getting them back in the win column, shoving seven and a third of four-hit ball to propel the Yanks to the 3-1 to victory over the visiting Seattle Mariners, with Cole keeping... The Seattle bats at bay. The Bombers didn't need much offensive production to back up their ace. A first inning RBI double out of Anthony Rizzo. Paired with this, Billy McKinney two-run shot in the second proved more than enough for New York. Right field, going back Hernandez, turning, looking. See ya. A two-run home run for McKinney. And the Yankees are up 3-0. That call courtesy of the Yes Network tonight at 7.05 p.m. The Yanks will try and build on the win with Johnny Brito taking the hill in the middle game of the series against Seattle ace Luis Castillo. That's sure to go really, really well. Looking forward to that. On the diamond Is that in- sarcasm? No. Oh, not, okay. uh, uh, well, I guess, yeah. <laughs> Johnny <laughs> Brito against Luis Castillo, one of the best pitchers in baseball. Ah. What are we, I mean, he hasn't been great as of late, but it's that J- Johnny Brito? What's he going to do? It's a roll of tortilla. It's not looking pretty. Is what no, you're it's saying. not looking great. Okay. On the diamond, does he Houston- spell it B U R R I T O? No, he spells okay. it B R I T O. Oh, but okay. when you say it fast, it sounds like he's, it, his yes. name is Johnny Burrito. Yeah. yeah. Is he Spanish? Uh, Mexican? I, I'm, what is he? I'm willing to assume he spells his first name J H O N Y. Ah, okay. Yeah, that's so, usually a sign. Yeah, yeah exactly. <laughs> it's not like Johnny Damon. No, you know, (laughs) (laughs) on on the diamond here in Houston, though, the Mets say came back down to earth against the Astros following their big Monday night win, losing 4-2 last night in the middle game of their three-game series. Justin Verlander was good, but not great in his return to Houston, yielding four earned runs on eight hits through seven innings of a gritty work. Here he was following the game on his performance. Uh, A bit frustrated. You know, kind of like try to salvage like a decent outing, go seven and three, and feel like you give your team a good chance. And, um, you know, just seems like a lot of the balls that were put in play just found a hole. I mean, some of the hard hit ones early in the night, they found guys and then it was kind of settled in and got going a little bit. 
New York will go for the series win in the finale this afternoon at 2.10 p.m. Tyler McGill gets the nod against Houston's Christian Javier in that one. Here with sports on 77 WABC. No, I'm Justin Ellick. WABC News Time 519. Let's go out to Philadelphia. The governor of Pennsylvania says traffic will begin flowing along I-95 again this weekend. Everyone has worked around the clock to get this done. And we have completed each phase of this project safely and way ahead of schedule. All right. Uh, sometimes government gets it right. Someone will beat me up, I'm sure, for saying that. But a portion of the busy highway has been closed since the bridge collapsed last week due to a tanker truck fire. They said this was going to be months, but really it's been not even two weeks. Uh, Governor Josh Shapiro says repaving could begin as early as today. Weather permitting will be ready to begin paving and then striping the lines for three lanes in both directions. Yeah, I mean, this is a major thoroughfare, a big deal, of course, with the summer holidays underway. Uh, Shapiro making a prediction. I can confidently state right here, right now, the traffic will be flowing here on I-95 this weekend. All right, we like that. 520, the Pentagon says an accounting error revealed last month overvalued military aid to Ukraine. You ready for this? By roughly $6.2 million. That's a big accounting error. These valuation errors in no way limit or restricted the size of any of our PDAs or impacted the provision of support to Ukraine. Mm-hmm. Deputy Press Secretary Sabrina Singh noting that the error includes fiscal years 2022-2023 when the U.S. transferred weaponry, uh, services, replacement costs rather than the net value book. Uh, they, uh, they're giving us a lot of nonsense. But that resulted in overestimating the value of equipment drawn down from U.S. stocks and provided to Ukraine. In a significant number of cases, services used replacement costs rather than net book value, thereby overestimating the value of the equipment drawn down from U.S. stocks and e- provided to Ukraine. Yeah, either way, it's just a lot of talk. But either way, yeah, they made a big mistake there. China making major moves in Mexico. That's caught the eye of policymakers here. One of them, Congressman Henry Cuellar, says we need to be watching what is happening south of the border between China and Mexico now. They're starting to do some things in Mexico under the um, guise of education and not concerns because some of those activities are right by the border. South Texas Democrat says there are concerns about listening stations in Mexico that could capture sensitive communications on our side of the border. And the last thing we want is that we wake up and we realize that what we're seeing now is China right across the border. Yeah, It can be dangerous in the sense that imagine if they are putting listening stations there, they're going to be able to capture so much information just being right there. 522 out of San Francisco. That's where President Biden was yesterday meeting with artificial intelligence experts in San Francisco. We'll see more technological change in the next 10 years than we've seen in the last 50 years and maybe even beyond that. Yeah, everybody trying to figure this all out. Uh, Biden telling reporters he wants to hear directly from experts on the possibilities and the risks associated with AI. AI is going to change the way we teach, learn, and help solve uh, challenges like disease and climate change. Give me the time to focus on the things that matter most to you personally. It's also helping my kids write write their term papers. They're pretty excited about that. From protecting privacy to addressing bias and disinformation to making sure AI systems are safe before they are released. 
523 down to Florida. The trial for a former Parkland resource officer accused of child neglect during that 2018 mass shooting. It continued yesterday. On the stand, former security specialist Kelvin uh, Greeleaf took the witness stand for the state yesterday. Just from the sound of it. Can you just describe to the jury what you mean by that? It was like a, a boom sound. It's like it was enclosed. Yeah, I've heard shots outdoors before and you know, also inside. And it would sound like the shot was just in close. He's talking about the mass shooting that day. The defense maintains Scott Peterson, who was the only armed person on campus that day, was not able to determine from where the gunshots were coming. He faces up to 95 years behind bars for failing to confront the Parkland school shooter. If you don't remember, the shooting that day left 17 people dead. 524, the people who guaranteed Congressman George Santos half-million-dollar bond in his criminal fraud case will have their identities revealed come Thursday. Everybody very curious to want to know who's handing over money to Congressman George Santos, who finds himself potentially in a heap of trouble. Santos's attorney argued in U.S. District Court in Long Island that the backers' identities should stay private because of the media frenzy. That's according to CNBC, which reached out to Santos's attorney, Joseph Murray, without an immediate response. I'm Brian Shook. Now, there had been news reports from Newsday that it was family members that came forward with the money. But the fact that they've been so resistant to releasing this list gets you the sense that maybe there's more to that story. 525, uh, it was a goodbye to preacher Pat Robertson, of course, who was on TV for so many years. 700 Club, friends, family of Pat Robinson having their final goodbyes in a private service at Regent University. His son, uh, Tim, talking about Pat's impact over the years. It took somebody with his grace, his charm, and yeah, his academic background to present the power of the Holy Spirit in such a way that it seemed approachable even normal. The Christian broadcaster sometimes made some controversial comments. He died earlier this month, age 93. Uh, at this service, rather than focusing on their grief, the Robertson family said they wanted to focus on Pat's life. It's hard for me to stand beside someone and hear the negative things that they know nothing about. Yeah, well, a lot of negative things saying over the years. Uh, if it's your dad, you ignore them and you move on. 526, with OPEC's announcement that they're slashing oil production, many here believe now's the time for President Biden to unleash domestic producers uh, to help out with fill the gap. You have regulatory obstacles to prevent more exploration and production. That's holding our country back. That's a uh, Rob Henneke. He is at the Texas Public Policy Foundation. He says there's no hint from the White House of all, at all of possibly ramping up domestic drilling. The administration continues to rely on Venezuela and others to make up the difference between OPEC and what's coming here. This drives up costs at the pump, at the grocery store, and every other facet of our life. 526, let's bring it back home. The Rent Guidelines Board set to vote tonight on rent adjustments for rent-stabilized units here in the city. In May, the board approved a 2 to 5% increase for one-year leases and a 4 to 7% increase for two-year leases. They'll decide on the final range tonight. Uh, here's uh, a tenant advocate. We think that it would be uh, um, just for the board to 
um, impose a 0% rent increase. To impose an increase on them would be pretty devastating and may push some into homelessness. Now, you might guess the landlords disagree. Many of them small-time business owners say they're having a hard time making ends meet, and they need these increases just to pay the bills. Over the past 10 years, my taxes have gone up 160%. Versus my revenue, that's only gone up 137%. Yeah, so this board has a hard decision to make. They'll do it at Hunter College. Usually these things are loud events. Of course, we'll have all coverage of it right uh, right here, 5 a.m. tomorrow morning. We are just getting started on this early Wednesday morning as we work our way up. 6 o'clock hour, Sid and friends in the morning. Before we head out at 6 o'clock, when we came on the air yesterday, we told you this devastating story of a fire. Four people killed. Lower Manhattan. Now they think it's because of the e-bike store below. We'll hear from everybody involved in that case. There's been a couple arrests of some of these subway incidents we've been telling you about over the last couple days. There was mass shootings across the tri-state. We're going to number them up and tell you what is going on there. And a graduation prank up in Westchester gone wrong. Some people won't be able to walk. We'll get into those stories and more, but first this at 530. The 77 WABC News Hour. Talking the news with Noah Layden on 77 WABC. <laughs> It's the 77 WABC News Hour. Talking the news with Noah Layden. All the news you need to know with Joe Nolan, Traffic, Justin Ellick, Sports. And now, talking the news with Noah on 77 WABC. Yep, that's me, 532. Good morning. It is Wednesday, June 21st. Your forecast from the Ramsey Mazda Weather Center. Mostly cloudy today. High 72. Tonight and overnight, showers low six. And then Thursday rain most of the day, high 66. If you're walking out the door with us right now, so happy you are. It is 59 and cloudy in Huntington out on Long Island, 66 and cloudy down the Jersey Shore in Wildwood. And it is 61 and cloudy here in Midtown on what is the longest day of the year, right? June 21st, first day of summer, longest day of the year. It is already light out, which is kind of fun. Usually we're doing the show completely in the dark, but not this morning. It's already light at 533. You kind of got to love that. We'll start this half hour with a tragic story that was taking place while we were on the air yesterday. An e-bike shop in lower Manhattan caught fire and the flames leaped up to the apartments above it. Four people killed. Uh, two critically injured. This was 80 Madison Street on the Lower East Side. Those were all related to the charging of the batteries and the number of batteries that they had at the location. So we have been aware of this location. And uh, there was also some uh, violations issued in 2021 as well. Yes, so this uh, the shop had been slapped with tickets before. And now they're saying that's likely all caused by faulty batteries. The store fined $1,600 in August of 2022. They uh, So far this year, they had 108 fines related to lithium-ion batteries and 13 deaths across the city. The FDNY Commissioner, Laura Cavanaugh, she was on with Katz and Cosby last night. This problem just will not go away as people 
people want to save money and they'll buy second rate batteries and those second rate batteries when they're being charged sometimes they explode and the minute they explode they start these vicious fires that no matter how quickly the firefighters get there they spread so fast and i mean so tragic four people dead just living above this store uh, more from uh, here's laura cavanaugh but some of these bikes are here already so even as we regulate them we have to make sure we're getting the word out about how dangerous these unregulated bikes are yeah you got to buy a, a first-rate battery if you have one of these bikes well there is tremendous uh, and important regulation that we've conducted with the city council and the mayor's office it is also very very important we get the word out how incredibly dangerous this is yeah uber was doing this kind of cool thing for a while because they have so many people who work for their delivery service who use e-bikes if you thought you had a second-rate battery or were unsure you could bring it to uber and they would trade out your battery even your bike and you didn't even have to work for uber it could be you know any service that you work for i don't know if they're still doing that but that was one way to get these faulty batteries off the street you had neighbors who lived in this building above this e-bike store who said they were worried that something might happen it's a shame i just heard that casualties and i see the bikes you just told me about the e-bikes i would guarantee you that that's what it was tragedy it's you know i pray for the families yeah just awful 536, let's tell you about a dramatic fire rescue that went well. This was amazing. Caught on camera, a man gets trapped inside his top floor Brooklyn apartment yesterday. Flames could be seen shooting out of the windows of this Park Slope apartment. As the fire raged, all of a sudden, a naked man showed up at his window screaming for help. Firefighters see him, and you just see how incredibly brave these guys are. They uh, put a rope down uh, this building, and they have one of the firefighters rappels down to this guy and grabs him and brings him to safety. He sounded terrified. I could, I could tell he was, because it was a couple minutes he was calling for help. So let's give the firefighter here uh, some kudos. His name is Patrick Gale. He dropped down, scooped up this man. Uh, he talks about what it was like to go down as the flames were shooting out of this building. And as this guy, I mean, he happened to be naked. It was early in the morning. Uh, he was probably sleeping. Uh, and uh, he was just happy to get out of the building. He told me he was going to start setting up the roof rope rescue that I was going over. So my training kicked in. I tied myself off. He lowered me. I assured the victim that we were coming to get him. He was going to be all right that we were there, and everything went smoothly from there. He was happy. He was thankful. Yeah, uh, he had some minor injuries. Everybody else okay. I mean, the building not in great shape, and but neighbors say, boy, they were amazed by this. They watched it all. When I got in, my apartment was tons of water, some water in the light fixtures. Tip my cap to those guys. That was just like great. I mean, if I was in a spot like that, I would be so happy they came so fast and got him out of there. Yeah, those FDNY members, are, they're heroes every day. They really are. WABC News Time 539. Let's go down to the subways. Cops announcing the arrests in the recent fatal subway stabbing and in the three slashings of women in the subway. So one story was this 32-year-old found on a subway uh, stabbed. That was on Saturday morning at the Union Square station. They caught the guy behind that. And uh, you'll remember three women randomly stabbed in the leg, two on the Upper East Side, another at the Brooklyn Bridge Station. Police knew it was the same guy behind it all. 
they found both of these guys. Uh, James, uh, the NYPD chief of detectives, James Essex, says 33-year-old Claude White charged with murder in the fatal stabbing of Tavon Silver. That was the one on Saturday morning. The deceased had bought K2 and crack, and he didn't pass it on to him. So that's what they were arguing about. Yeah, so there was a fight over drugs that led to the stabbing. White also arrested, by the way, for allegedly robbing a bank on Park Avenue back on June 6. My guess is his arrest list is longer than that. And then police also arrested a 28-year-old from Norwich, New York, for the subway slashing. Just a bizarre story. Three women just happened to be on the platform. No connection to this guy. No connection to each other. They get slashed in the legs. Uh, they say they have the man in custody. Right now, that's unprovoked. They're completely unknown to each other and- and, uh, you know, unprovoked. Yeah, cops scratching their heads over that one. But the head of the MTA, MTA CEO, uh, Jano Lieber, says uh, subway riders should feel a little safer now that these guys have been arrested. For New Yorkers, transit is like air and water. We need it to survive. It needs to be safe, and it needs to feel safe. Yeah, well, good thing those two guys are off the street. 24 hours after a bullet killed Amiri Hayes, Balloons uh, flew through the sky over his home in Bedsty, Brooklyn. This is the 16-year-old, a straight-A student, who was in Bedsty on Tuesday, uh, on Monday evening, on Marcus Garvey Boulevard, when bullets rang out. One hit him in the head. Uh, he was killed instantly. No child should die before their mother. Mm-hmm. No. no child. This young man was at. He was working. Mm-hmm. He was a kid that was always respectful. Yes, so so far what police have told us is he was a kid who was in the wrong place at the wrong time. We are here to help you. This should not happen to nobody. When is it going to stop? Yeah, all part of a memorial service last night to uh, the uh, 16-year-old Amari Hayes. So according to the NYPD, at least 32 people have been shot across the city since Friday. Five killed, 32 people. That, as Governor Hochul yesterday, was touting efforts that New York is making as combating gun violence across the state and doing a good job at it. Data collected from 20 police departments taking part in the state's gun-involved violence elimination program, otherwise known as GIVE, shows the number of people shot has dropped by 27% so far this year. Now, I don't know if these latest stats were included in her numbers. And together, we will get ahead of the criminals and let the message be out there. This is a state where we protect our people. We take this responsibility deadly seriously. Yeah, not the case over the weekend here in the city. The governor pouring another $32 million into the program to expand it further. So be aware. You come to our state, or you live in our state, you want to harm someone with a gun, there will be consequences. You will be caught, you'll be prosecuted, and you'll be incarcerated. Unfortunately, every summer we see this. When it gets warm outside, those shooting numbers do go up. 543, city animal rescue shelters need some rescuing of their own to continue operating and helping connect rescues to permanent homes. We are hearing from the animal care shelters of New York. Uh, almost all of these uh, rescue centers are beyond capacity. Some of it is inflation and people just can't afford to keep their dogs. Others, uh, people 
got that pandemic pooch, kind of like I did, but they decided once they were going back to work that they would return that dog. Director Kathy Hansen says they're used to seeing animals stay for about a week until they're adopted, but now she says the average stay is 13 days or longer. This is the worst I've seen in years. This weekend, for instance, we were able to get out 155 animals, which is great. However, during that same amount of time, we took in 230 animals. Yeah, looking at pictures of the animal care shelters, uh, this one up in Harlem, they're using uh, work offices, hallways, uh, closets, now all being used to store these animals because they've just run out of room. And it's all kinds of animals, it's not just dogs and cats, it's rabbits, that kind of thing. We're trying, but I mean, if there's no space you know, we're running out of options. And But one thing which would really help and cost zero is to share our information on your social media pages. I mean, that gets the word out. Yeah, the other thing is if you adopt a dog, you should take the responsibility of taking care of that dog. I mean, that seems pretty obvious to me. All right, 545, let's head over to the 77W ABC Sports Desk, and here's Justin Ellick. Thank you, Noma Layden, Garrett Cole. He did his job for the Yankees last night and getting them back in the win column, shoving seven and a third of four-hit ball to propel the Yanks to the 3-1 to victory over the visiting Seattle Mariners with Cole keeping the Seattle bats at bay. The Bombers didn't need much offensive production to back up their ace. A first-inning RBI double out of the uh, recently struggling Anthony Rizzo. Paired with this, Billy McKinney two-run shot. And the second proved more than enough for New York. That call, courtesy of the Yes Network. Tonight at 7.05 p.m., the Yanks will try and build on the win with Johnny Brito taking the hill in the middle game of the series against Seattle ace Luis Castillo. That should go well. On the diamond in Houston, the Mets came back down to earth against the Astros following their big Monday night win, losing 4-2 to last night in the middle game of their three-game series. Justin Verlander was good, but not great in his return to Houston, yielding four earned runs on eight hits through seven innings of gritty work. Here he was following the game on his performance last night. Uh, a bit frustrated. You know, you kind of like try to salvage like a decent out and go seven and three, and feel like you give your team a good chance. And um, you know, just seems like a lot of the balls they were putting play just found a hole. I mean, some of the hard hit ones early in the night they found guys and then kind of settled in. Get them out. Got going a little bit. Yeah, get them out indeed. Get them out. <laughs> New York will go for the series win in the finale. I mean, just say just say you didn't have it. You know, just say you didn't have it and you screwed up. Oh. New York will go for the series win in the finale this not afternoon. Good. That's two, and not good enough. <laughs> yeah, they are. Uh, they were uh, finding the grass. You know, they were finding holes. Well, maybe they were just base hits. But anyway, two ten p.m. first pitch this afternoon. Tell me, go gets a nod against Houston's Christian Javier in that one. You Back. know, those press conferences are always kind of dopey. Anyway, I mean, yeah. what's he going to say? Exactly. I had a bad game. Right. It's, it's a stupid game. It's baseball. Right. I mean, you know, I, I guess you got to make these answers a little bit long-winded to give the press what they're looking for. Right. You know, not everybody's just going to stand up there uh, and, and give you one-word answers, but that's really what it comes down to. What a stupid question that yeah. is. Yeah, exactly. exactly. I mean, you got, the guy has 35 starts in, in, every year. He's, right. gonna, he's bound to go out there a few times a year and, right. you know, give up four runs. Of what course. do you do? Hello. Anyway, back to you, No. All right, let's catch you up on the biggest stories of the morning. A big one from the search for this Titanic-bound sub. Uh, we're being told that a Canadian airplane aiding in the search for this sub 
detected banging every 30 minutes in the area where the vessel lost radio contact with its surface ship. The, the, they lost contact on Sunday, about an hour and a half into their mission. Uh, details of the potential signs of life on board this Ocean Gate Expeditions sub. Rolling Stone, let's give them credit. They're the magazine that got hold of these emails that were being exchanged be, between some of the military and Ocean's Gate uh, during this search. So this took place yesterday. The New York Air National Guard assisting in the search. It's the New York Air National Guard's 106 Rescue Wing. They're the ones based in West Hampton Beach. They launched an HC-130J Combat King plane uh, rescue aircraft at the request of the Coast Guard. Uh, here's what they saw as they searched the waters yesterday on what was not a fantastic weather day. We didn't have a lot of illumination. Um, it was very, very difficult last night. Uh, to conduct the search. We did it to the best of our ability, and we stayed there for about three and a half hours. Um, at that point, we were running low on gas, so we had to return back home. Thirteen airmen aboard that plane, including a team of para-rescue jumpers, just in case. I can say from my experience, it's the first time I've been requested to look for a, a submarine. Um, so for us, that is definitely a challenge because even if it does service, it'll give a, a, a small amount of it visible above the surface itself. Uh, and so that's going to add to the challenge because even on uh, a great day with someone in bright colors waving at you, it can be difficult to even see it from an aircraft. Yeah, it is a really tough search. Uh, they brought in really just everything to try to find this sub, including some vessels that can do a better job of searching underwater, making it too near the scene where they think this vessel is. Today, the vessel Deep Energy, 194 meter pipe laying vessel arrived on scene with underwater ROV capability. So here is, of course, the big problem. They had enough oxygen on board to last till tomorrow. Again, they've been hearing this banging every 30 minutes. That was on Tuesday. Don't know if that lasted into today. But that oxygen supply expected to run out on Thursday morning. And apparently when you're in these moments where oxygen is running out, you're told to sleep through it because you use up less oxygen when you're sleeping. But if you're thinking you're going to die, I'm not sure that you're ready to take a nap aboard this thing. Ocean's Gate's website describes this mission uh, as a $250,000 a person mission. Now, here's one of the friends of the billionaire, this UK billionaire who's aboard this sub. If they're alive in the sub and that could be done in the next day or two, well, then, you know, we could have a happy outcome to this thing, which from the outset, was very, very worrying. Yeah, there was a lot of people who were telling this billionaire not to do this, but he was a guy who liked to take risks like this. Yeah, you would think so. If you have a billion dollars, you've you've made it in life. Uh, Listen, right? at the risk of sounding callous, I'll do this on my own show. Okay. People died, I feel horrible. Right. This story, I don't care. Really? I'm sorry. But people... Not that millionaires and billionaires' lives don't matter. Right. This is not a bunch of little kids in a school bus getting killed on the way to school. My God. Right. Well, there's one young guy on it. How uh, old was he? I think he's a teenager. Is that right? Uh, I'll, I'll double check for you, but it's uh, this tech mogul. He brought his son along with him. And uh, $250,000 to go uh, underneath the water. Uh, Stockton Rush, the guy who owns Ocean Gate Expeditions, uh, he talked about this experience of going to visit the Titanic in an interview earlier this year. We've 
done 18 and 19 major expeditions. We dove in the Gulf of Mexico, the Bahamas, Alcatraz Island in San Francisco, the east coast of the U.S. We have three different submersibles, so we can take them anywhere. It just turns out that where people want to go is the Titanic. Yeah, everybody wants to see the Titanic up close. They're willing to pay big dollars Who's to everybody? do so. Well, everybody who has the money to do it and Please, wants to do it. I saw the movie. I loved it. That's enough for me. I'm not going underneath the water in some submarine. I mean, this is the most ridiculous thing I've ever heard. But yeah. thank God for Stockton Rush. Yeah. Stockton Rush. I mean, does he sound wealthy to you? Stockton Rush. Sound like yeah. the guy who Anybody named up. Willie Smith on the submarine? No. Or Eddie Gonzalez? No. Or Kareem Abdul-Jabbar? Nobody named Chaim either. Right. Call for yeah. Stockton Rush. <laughs> Anyway, so the search continues. The- this is why our show is the best, because everybody else is going to be like, oh, my God, what a tragedy. Look at this. And the truth is, most people driving in their cars right now, they're like, oh, God, who cares? The uh, the glimmer of hope, uh, Sid, is this knocking that's been taking place, or was taking place, every uh, yeah, yeah. 30 minutes or so yesterday. They think, possibly, uh, this knocking is coming from somebody aboard this Then why can't they find it? Well, because you're talking about an area that's thousands of miles wide. They're uh, under the water thousands of feet. So this is and it's the size of a van, this thing. Well, they can hear the knocking, but they can't find it. Well, so far, no, they have not been. You you realize how ridiculous that sounds. Well, you think they should be able to find it because they hear the knocking? Well, if they hear the knocking, they have to have some some idea where the hell the thing is. They hear knocking at the bottom of the ocean, but they can't find it. Right. Well, the bottom of the ocean is deep down below. I understand it's that. dark. But they're able to get anything. down there with other submarines and other vessels. Yeah, but even if they do get down there, how do they bring this thing up? Oh, God, I don't care. The Yankees beat the Mariners last night by... <laughs> <laughs> Jeez. Uh, all right, I'll move on. By the way, the other big story of the day. Uh, Me, I go to the, I go to the Catskills to see my mother. I don't spend three hundred thousand dollars take a submarine ride to find the Titanic. My God! Well, if you have that kind of money, maybe you do. I still wouldn't do it. If I had that type of money, I would do nothing that can kill me. What a waste to die with a billion in the bank. Well, what a waste. I agree with you. I would I would take my risk level down a little bit. Right. I, this, this is the kind of risk you take if you have no money. Right. You're like, then you I got do nothing it. to you live broke for. A guy downstairs right now with a sign on Third Avenue put him on a submarine to the Titanic. <laughs> He's right. He's got for. nothing to live for. But <laughs> but hey, he can go see the Titanic. And it, <laughs> He's not leaving a billion at home so on the table. I mean, I hope they find him alive. I really do. I don't want to be callous. I don't want to see any anybody die. Anybody. But the uh, the interest in this story has me perplexed. I'm sorry. <laughs> Good way to put it. All right. Well, then. Uh, Thank you, Lou. I was going to do it as my nugget, but uh, maybe, maybe I'll skip that as my story today.